All right, welcome to the Taking Care podcast with Josh Covet. Uh, this podcast is 100% for me. I like to stay really pumped up and motivated. I like to talk to interesting people, and this gives me the perfect opportunity to do that. So I'll be interviewing people that uh, that that motivate me, people doing life in the right way, uh, people involved in philanthropy, people uh, that are doing business at an extremely high level, people that are taking care of themselves at an extremely high level. And I invite you to listen in and enjoy as well. All right. Hey. Kim Harrington. Yes, sir. You, uh, I don't know if you know this, but you're my very first podcast host. Wow. Yeah. Or guest. Guest. Yeah, you're the first guest. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm one cut. One cut? One yeah, cut. one cut. You know why? Why? I can't afford the editing. <laughs> I can't afford it. We, 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 uh, we got Coach Kenny here, but we don't pay him that well. No. So we're going we're gonna to go with that. First guest. This podcast doesn't even have a name. Wow. Uh, and, and it doesn't necessarily even have a point yet, but you're you're number one. Okay. Do you know why? I I do not. Yeah, because we can't afford to pay any of the guests, and you're free. There you go. Yeah, so thank you. No, there's a real reason, actually. So okay. we'll come up with a name, and hopefully by the time we air this, it'll actually have a, an intro and a name. But um, I'm fascinated with exploring and understanding people that have what I call a bulletproof mindset. Gotcha. What's that mean to you when I say bulletproof mindset? Uh, well, for me, what it means is that I am going to be very disciplined about the way I go about my life. I'm not going to let or allow uh, outside influences dictate my who I am as a human being. Yep. And so basically, that's what it means to me. I'm, I'm going to go through life uh, a certain way, uh, without exception. And so just my core values are to be a certain way. And, and that's to be a very positive person and have a, a positive influence on other people. I also think um, words like unflappable, resilient. Uh, we went through a time, uh, was it about a month and a half ago? So we're new working together. Right. And we go through a time where you've got a grandson in the hospital dealing with cancer yep. and your wife's in the hospital. Yep. And you come walking in here and usually if someone comes walking in and they're having a rough time, I can tell immediately, like I can read it on their face, their body, they're, they're distracted, they're not going to get any work done, they're just a mess. And I was like, how are you doing? And you're like, yeah, I mean, it's tough, but but I'm okay. Life life has to keep going on. Yeah. And I was I was just so shocked to, to see you just still getting it done, yeah. right? So let's start from the beginning. Take okay. me back. Give me a little bit of background on you. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah, so the, um, everybody has a story. So we're all on this, this journey called life. And if you really think about it, it's, it's no more than a series of moments in time. They're all interconnected. We're having a moment in time right now. We had a moment in time earlier at lunch. So most of those moments in time are exceedingly forgettable. They happen within an instant, they're over, and you never, ever think about them again. But then there are the other ones that are as vivid today as they were when they initially occurred. So when I talk about everybody being on a journey, uh, what I mean by that is I, I'm going to go way back to the beginning. And you talk about a bulletproof mindset or, or being a certain way or projecting a certain image. It, it literally has everything to do with my journey. So if I can go back as far as I can, uh, my mother, my biological mother was a heroin addict. So I was born to a heroin addicted mother and a career criminal father. 
by the time uh, I was born, my father had already spent half his life incarcerated. So at 15 months old, the uh, New York City Police Department and the Department of Social Services came in and removed me and my three siblings from the home. And obviously, I don't remember any of that. But later on, I learned that the living conditions in that home were similar to those of a third world country. Mm. So no hot or cold running water, spoiled food in the refrigerator, and the clothes were barely good enough to wipe off your shoes with. So for the next 15 and a half years, I lived in uh, five foster homes and three group homes in New York City. So a ward of the court. And so I, those formative years um, in New York City, and, and I'm just going to say my age, but I'm 61 years old. So back in the 60s and 70s, the foster care system was a whole lot different than it is right now. Obviously, there's a lot of room for improvement still today, but back then it was uh, something to behold and not in a, a positive way. So um, my journey, that is who I am. I'm always going to be that foster kid from New York City. I'm always going to have that, that sense of urgency to prove people wrong, their perception wrong about kids like myself growing up in those conditions. The... Uh the odds must have been terribly stacked against you. I can't imagine how many people grow up in New York City foster care their whole childhood and end up having the career that you had. Yeah. It's got to be it's got to be super rare. Yeah. So where where did you go after um, you know once you turned 18 and you got to start making your own decisions what was next? Well, the next thing and I was I was actually 17, I, I actually enlisted in the United States Marine Corps. And so the, the Marine Corps is by far the very best decision I ever made in my entire life. There's not, nothing even close, nothing okay. even close. It took me from literally a life of no direction to absolute direction. It taught me how to be a man, how to stand tall, uh, be proud, work as a team, a collective team with one mission, uh, regardless of race, religious beliefs, or ethnicity, or region of the country. Uh, as Marines, we are hyper-focused on the mission and accomplishing that mission as a team. And so the, the Marine Corps, it, it literally changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, it, everything from taking care of your body to the way you dress, your presentation, um, all that stuff. I mean, it's super important to have that, have that image of professionalism. And there's, there's no uh, variation from that. Uh, Marine Corps is all about attention to detail, attention to detail. And just that, th those words right there alone, think about what we do for a living in the mortgage industry. Having attention to detail is super important, not, not just for us internally, you know, turning in clean files and, and having the underwriters when, see when a file comes in from you or me or anyone else, they know it's been done correctly. But the, the most important part is that there is a, a person behind that file, a family. And we're helping a family achieve the dream of home ownership or even to, um, for financial security. And all those things that are super important to the people that we're dealing with. So they're not just a file, they're not just a number, but they're actually a human being. And there's a story behind them. And it means a whole lot to them. And I always try to... Uh, to, to understand someone else's perspective and understand why I'm doing my job. Uh, and it's called really, it's called being other-centered rather than self-centered. 
And that's, that's one thing I, I truly love, it was a lot, but there's one thing I love about Movement Mortgage is that we are an other-centered company as a whole, from the very top all the way down to everybody that works in our company. Yeah, yeah, you, you look at uh, Casey Crawford, the guy yeah. we're all modeling after, gives away 48% right off the bat. 100%. Right? I don't yeah. know. I don't know if when he made the decision to give away 48% that he knew it was going to be hundreds of millions of dollars, but uh, yeah, he stuck with it in an amazing way. Um, so let's, let's kind of, let's cut right into that. I want to talk about working out. So we yep. got to come back to that. Okay. And, and you just took me through a great workout and taught me a whole bunch of stuff. And I don't know if y'all can tell what he's got going <laughs> on over here on camera. I think hopefully his biceps are showing up, but uh, we had a really good workout and I have a feeling that's part of um, what it takes to be that resilient bulletproof mindset. You got to take really good care of yourself, but you made a perfect segue into other centered people. And I know that, um, you're way more than other centered. You do a ton of charity work and a ton of volunteer work, uh, mothers against drunk driving, especially. So how'd you get involved with mad? So I've been a volunteer with mad for 37 years. That's a, that's a long time. And so my, my work with MAD started uh, when I was a Highway Patrol officer. I was a California Highway Patrol officer for 16 years. And so from 1985 uh, until present day, I've been a volunteer with MAD. And the reason why I got involved with MAD is because of that, that specific work I was doing with the Highway Patrol where you are exposed to just horrific, horrific events. And the people that are impacted are super innocent. I mean, they, they just simply just leaving their house to go somewhere. And the next thing you know, they are dealing with either a family member that lost their lives uh, or a, a, uh, a life changing injury, perhaps a brain injury or losing, you know, the ability to use their arms or legs or something like that. And then even more than that is when you you do that work for so long. any any job that anybody has, by the way, you form habits, you just get used to it. And, and my view of something that's horrific may be different than someone else. And uh, just the thing about it is that you, if the things that you remember are going to someone's house at three o'clock in the morning and knocking on the door, and you know that you're getting ready to share some news with them that is literally going to change their life, that change their world. And, and if you can't get emotional and want to do something else about that, I think someone there's something wrong with people. So my, my job and my volunteer work with MAD is not to uh, make anybody feel bad about being arrested for DUI, because anybody literally could be arrested for DUI. I'm, I mean, literally anybody. One time. Two times, no. But one time, it literally can happen to anyone. And the fact of the matter is that a someone that is arrested for driving under the influence on average, they have driven 80 plus times under the influence before they get caught. Are you caught. serious? I'm 100% serious. 80 times, wow. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and MAD is an organization, uh, obviously it's a nonprofit. It does tremendous work that people aren't even aware of, uh, especially when it comes to um, supporting the victims. Uh, they go to court with them, the families. And some of these... Um, these hearings and these these uh, the procedures, they're very lengthy. I mean, literally something could happen today and the person that did this horrific thing to your family may not even see any consequences for four years. Mm. Now imagine being that family that's living that every single day and either that person is 
going about their life like nothing happened, uh, because the likelihood of them being in jail waiting for that proceeding is not high. So uh, it's just, it's, it's terrible all the way around. And there, there's obviously a lot of education that goes on. Uh, there's also the uh, legislative part of it. MAD has a legislative arm that we're working with the local, state, and federal governments to try to improve conditions for all the drivers on the road to make things safe for everybody. And that is like a, a snail and tortoise pace. So I, you have to have a unique expertise to get involved with that part of, of MAD. And I, I don't have that. I don't have the, the patience for it. I just, I wish sometimes I could just shake people and say, listen, let's just do better. Let's just do better, plan ahead. We've got Uber, we've got Lyft. We have all these options available now. Drinking and driving is, is not one of them. It, it doesn't seem like the rates have gone down that much, have they, with Uber and Lyft? No, they, they haven't gone down. In fact, when, uh, you know, the couple of years with COVID, they had gone up. And you would people think- People didn't want to get in a, an they, Uber or Lyft for COVID. Yeah, 100%. So drive drunk instead, that's safer. Absolutely. I gotcha. Uh, I don't mind admitting that I have uh, made that mistake right after college and uh, paid the price for it and it sucked. And I said, I would never do it again. And to this day, it's been over 20 years, but I don't do that. I don't, I don't drive drunk. I won't do it. No. So and I want no part of that. And I definitely, definitely don't want to uh, spend a night in a jail cell ever again. That was terrible. Yeah. And, and not just that. I mean, and, and it just... It, I want to make this point very clear. Just because someone gets arrested for this doesn't mean they're a bad person. They just had an error in judgment. And so at least once or twice a month, I speak at victims impact panels. And all these people in here have been adjudicated already for driving the influence. They already feel bad. They, they feel embarrassment. Um, you know, they're just ashamed of themselves, disappointed. Some people may feel like they're too good to be in that room, but guess what? They're in there. This is part of their, the this, judge's sentence? This is part of the judge's sentence. Okay. And, and different jurisdictions do it differently, but uh, most of the places where I've volunteered, they, they have victims impact panels. And there's an expectation, if you're a person going in there, that you're going to get beat up by somebody. And the fact of the matter is, we don't beat people up when they go in there. We, we want to educate them, give them information. And then when they leave there, we want a room full of advocates that are going to look out for other people that are on the road. And that's the ultimate goal. That's really cool. So you, when's the last time you were a highway patrol officer? How long has it been? Ooh, uh, so uh, late 2000. Okay. And you've been volunteering with Matt this whole time, ever this since. This whole time. Another 22 years so far. Yeah. And, and many times, multiple times a week, right? I mean, that, this yeah. is a regular, we did the golf tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's really cool. And I have a sneaking suspicion that that's part of why you're such a well-rounded person. So, so let's switch to the, the kind of selfish side okay. of, of volunteering. So the selfless side is you're, you're helping an organization and you're helping victims and you're helping hopefully people not make that mistake again, right? The, selfless, or the selfish side is what it does for you personally. Right. And, and walk me through that. Talk me through that a little bit. Yeah, so which I, I think what you're asking me is really about the volunteering part. So it, it really doesn't matter if it's mad or... You know, we just did a hashtag lunch bag, uh, lunch bag Atlanta, which is fantastic. They, they have all these resources they put together and, and, and feed the people that are out in the street that are that are, you know, that could be any of us, by the way. Uh, I always say that we're we're probably two or three paychecks away from being out there with them. 
you just never know. You never know what someone's story is and uh, whether somebody has some uh, mental challenges and they just can't assimilate a certain way to society and, and that's where they ended up. And so that, once again, that doesn't make them bad people. That's right. Uh, and so, but volunteering, it's just you're, so you live at an address, you work at an address, but literally that does not make you part of the community. In order to be part of the community, you've got to be in the community. And the way, the best way to be involved in the community is to volunteer in the community. And it's, we're not talking about reinventing the wheel or anything like that, but we all have unique competencies and we can marry up, um, you know, our expertise and our unique competencies with our volunteer work. So we really don't have to think about it. It's all really only about time. And so you get, you get to be part of the community. It's really good for your, your mind and your health, uh, especially if you, you want to do something outside. You're outside in the air, the fresh air, and you're doing things like that. It's just it's super important for your health. And if you don't have any expectation of getting anything in return, there's power in that. I mean, there's a lot of power in that. And I know a lot of people volunteer with youth sports, and, and I've, I've done it as well. And I promise you, I got a whole lot more out of that than I ever thought I would. Just seeing the kids be happy, seeing them develop social skills and learn some skills on the baseball field and be competitive. And so it's, it's just, it's part of being a human being. It's part of life to do that and give I, back. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, you know, so we, so we got together and we worked out. Yes. Right. And you work out every single day. Every single day. Yeah. And, and he took me through this workout um, where... Most of the exercises, uh, Kim does a hundred reps yeah. and I think I usually do like 20 reps or something <laughs> like that. So I'm like, no wonder you look like that. And oh, I look like this, you're doing serious volume. Right. I learned a lot about, um, some form yep. that you use. Um, and I think so, so we're kind of piecing it all together now. So you're, you're heavy into volunteerism. You have a Marine Corps background and also, um, a, a, a very tough childhood that you had to, you had to build some tools in order to overcome. Um, take it forward now to, uh, the actual, um, you know, your actual job, your why, like, tell me what you're into now. What do you, what do you love to yeah. do? So my, my ultimate why is this, every single interaction I have with someone else, if they're a stranger, if I know them, I want that interaction to be a positive one. I don't want there to be a rub or anything like that. I want, I want the other person I'm communicating with to be happy. I want to be happy when I'm talking to them too. And I also want to help people reach their full, true full potential in their personal life and their professional life. So, um, being a leader, being a coach, uh, being a mentor, that's what, it's, that's what it's all about, is helping someone else get to where they need to get. And what I'm going to get out of that is seeing their success. I'm going to see their happiness. They're going to reach their goals. They're going to, they're going to create an environment for their family that's going to leave a lasting legacy. And so whenever, um, and I, I have this one word I used to use with my kids, and you know, you, you would tell your kids when they go to school, hey, behave yourself, don't get in any trouble. And I would just say one word, represent. And so that one word means represent our brand, represent the name on the back of your jersey. I don't care if you're going to the mailbox, if you're going to school, if you're coming to work with me, represent. People are always watching. And we live in Atlanta, there was Olympics here, so there's cameras everywhere. Yep. So people are always watching. and. Doing the right thing and living your life a certain way 
is not difficult. It's not difficult to just be genuine, be who you are, and go about your life and, and care about other people. It's not hard. The, the I agree. That's not hard. What I feel is is hard these days is keeping your mindset up. And the reason I say that is there's so many things working against you. And I'm I'm gonna round this out to yeah. my last question for yeah. you. Um, not because I'm I'm bored of talking to you, but because <laughs> I think people like a twenty to twenty five minute <coughs> podcast. Yeah, uh, I can't listen to a, an hour long podcast. Right. My ADD kicks in. But you've got these are the things hurting your your mindset. Okay, we all have money stuff, yeah. right? We all have family stuff. Yeah. We all have past stuff. Okay, now you add in social media, blink blinking at you, technology blinking at you. You've got uh, the news and and you know whatever's going on with politics and all that stuff. That's I guarantee not good for our mindset. No matter where you fall on the spectrum, right? It's hurting your mindset. It's not helping your mindset. Yeah. So. Um, what I'm so fascinated with is you can still have a great, wonderful, positive mindset through all of that with, with all of that. So, uh, let, let's wrap them up again. You've got your volunteerism you've got all of the workouts that you do, right? You've got being an other centered leader. You did not say that your why was to make a bunch of money and to retire and to, and to, you know, whatever, yeah. knock the socks off of something like you wanted to help people. Right. Okay. So I think that's a big part of it too. What else? Like if you were, if you were giving advice to someone that's struggling, right. And, and they were, uh, uh, just a little bit lost or a little bit beaten down and they were trying to hit the next level. What would you tell them? Well, I would say this, that, that nothing lasts forever. <clears throat> so even when you're going through stuff, time is your best friend. Time is literally your best friend. Whether you're going through a, a job change, a divorce, uh, anything like that, the more time goes by, the easier it's going to get. If you stay in that rut, that mindset of being angry or upset or stressed out, it's going to last a long time. But if you just, you, if you just understand that this is that mere moment in time and it will pass, and the other thing is say, okay, this is where I am. I'm here now. What am I going to do? What am I going to do to move forward? Not what are you going to do for me? Not what Kenny's going to do for me, but what am I going to do to change my circumstances? And changing your circumstances doesn't mean that you are, um, you know, you're going to get to where you are like that. And there's a lot of people in our world, and I'm just going to say the word. If you're an asshole, it is very, very hard to go through life to me, to me. And so, and there's a lot of people that were born on third base and they act like they hit a triple. So it's the people that grind it out and they, they, they've taken these at bats, they've struck out, they've getting singles, they're getting doubles and they had to work hard to get where they are. Those are the true champions. Absolutely. And, and you know, so people say, when I give my kids advice, I say, Look for the helpers. Just look for the helpers. Wherever you go, you're going to see volunteers and helpers. These people are the ones that are doing it. Everybody had help. Everybody, everybody had help. Everybody that's made it. Um, thank you. I'm in awe of who you are as a human being, uh, like 100%. When, I, when it was time to do the podcast, I knew you were going to be the first <laughs> guest. So that was, that was easy. Uh, to thank you for coming on. Mm -hmm. 
and doing this with me, um, we're going to give a check to uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Perfect. And you know that I work for Movement Mortgage too, which means they match every check that I write to a, right. a wonderful charity. So uh, we'll get that done. We'll get it in the in the mail in the next yes. couple of days. And Thank uh, you. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. I appreciate Thanks, you Kim. too, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right.